episode 5. We start today's adventure with everybody crammed inside of Mr. Penguin's office, all talking over one another. Wink and Bake, who were the two skunks that did the morning show. Rocky, who was the intern. Lemur, who did late nights with Lemur. Mr. Penguin, who owned the radio station. Karen, who did human resources and helped run the radio station. And of course, our lovable favorite, Fono. It was the start of April, and everything seemed possible. Everyone quiet down. Quiet! Go ahead, Pen. Everybody shut up. Mr. Penguin waddled up to the front of everybody. Hello, everybody, and good morning. First up, I have seen to misplace a old record of mine somewhere in this office. It has a faded cover, and on the vinyl, it says Late Night Scare. As long as it's returned to my office, no questions will be asked, and no disciplinary action taken. I just need the record back. It's uh, very important, so please keep your eyes peeled. So I just found out we are the number one radio station in upstate New York. Congrats, everybody. We beat The Fly, The Bee, and what? What? What radio? Pay attention. Who is this guy? He and Lemur were hired at the same time. He's our intern. His time's almost up. We have to decide whether or not to fire him. Oh, yes, that reminds me. Lemur, Jesse, Josh. Hey, 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 I'm Wake. And I'm Bing. Every morning, 6 to 10. Get to know your bonds here. Only on 99.9. Wham! Radio. I'm sorry. Wake and Bake and Lemur were number one in our last night in morning show formats. There will be a generous bonus in your checks this week for doing a great job. Wake and Bake high-fived each other, while Lemur jumped up out of his chair and screamed, Shibby! Our afternoons are suffering, and the women's hour of power is about all we have. Therefore, I am hiring Fauna to be our new afternoon jock starting next week. Everybody in the room congratulated Fauna, except for Rocky, who seemed nervous that he may lose his job soon. Karen's phone went off and it rang. She picked up her phone. Hello? Calm down, I can't understand you. You're mumbling. What? You think you're pregnant? I'll be home soon, and we're gonna have to have a serious talk. Karen turned around and saw everybody was watching her. Fauna looked over at Lemur, who seemed oblivious that there were only two girls that would call Karen to tell her that kind of news. Mr. Peng got a look of fear in his eyes after hearing the Baby Shark song. Sorry. I thought my phone was on vibrate. Also, two things before we wrap up this meeting, like a soft taco. The car giveaway was perfect, and the concert was as well. So I'm asking you to put on your thinking caps for our next promotion. Sky's the limit. How about we do something like the winner gets, um, VIP treatment to the upcoming radio con with me and Wake? That's not a bad idea. Not much of a prize, though. Wah, 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 wah. Wake and Bake got up and walked out of the meeting as everybody went to stand and leave. Before I forget, I made a world before I was a man. I was a creature before I could stand. I will remember before I forget. <clears throat> and before I forget this. Oops, sorry. Karen gave Rocky a dirty look as he was singing an old Slipknot song. And now was not the time nor place to be doing that. Just a heads up, everybody. I'll be on vacation for the next two weeks, so if you need anything, please contact Mr. Penquin. His number will be posted on his door if you need him. Or I could be in my office. With Karen on vacation, I'll be here at the station more. 
As everybody was leaving Mr. Penguin's office, Fauna grabs Lemur. Neither of them had noticed Rocky had disappeared. Hey, Liam, I'll hook you up with a little... If you could show me how to prep for my show. They walked over to Lemur's cubicle and sat down. Oh yeah, I totally got you. Very easy once you know how to do it. It's kind of like being a cartoon voice actor. You almost have to have a two-way conversation with yourself. But you don't have to do voices. <laughs> wow, I never thought of it that way. I just assumed you got on the mic and spit whatever. But how do you decide what whatever is? Back inside Mr. Penguin's office, he sat down at his desk. And Karen sat across from him. Are you okay, Pen? You seem nervous. Scared? Mr. Penguin wasn't paying attention to what Karen was saying. He was lost in his own thoughts. Quick flashes of sharks eating penguins. A baby penguin looking up through a floorboard. Morty the ghost, but as a robot. And a mama penguin being chewed up and spit out while holding a baby penguin. Lying dead on the floor. All of these flashed through Penguin's mind. Pen! Pen? Hello? Are you gonna be okay? Oh my, oh yes. I haven't seen a shark in ages. They both stared blank at each other, not knowing what the other one was talking about. How about you? Are you okay? Sadie thinks she might be pregnant, so I'm about to go home and kill her. Good show. Two weeks vacation and a possible grand, baby. Congrats. Jeez, thanks, Pen. You're welcome. Karen pulled out her phone and unmuted it. If you get into a jam, call me. She went to walk out of the office when her phone rang. Let's go hunt, do 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 let's go hunt. Sadie, I'm on my way home now. What? You really thought scaring me half to death with an April Fool's joke was gonna be funny? She slammed her phone shut and walked out of the office. She was pissed off. Have a safe trip. Penquin walked over and shut his office door. He stared at a picture of his family, a mother, a father, himself, and a little sister. A tear fell over his cheek as he thought of them. He climbed underneath his desk and started rocking back and forth. He grabbed his bong out of a secret compartment from underneath his desk and packed it up with saliva. This time, I'm gonna find out for sure if I save you. He took a huge hit and put the bong down and exhaled. Let's do this. It was actually the same saliva Rocky stole in the last episode. Mr. Penguin was the only one who knew the secret ingredient, which caused you to trip and see something special. But how was it all connected? We would find out. But before so, we go back to Lemur and Fauna, who were sitting at Lemur's desk. So whatever's trending on Bird Feeder, Doghouse, or Jibber Jabber, if you're really desperate, is your go-to for small talk jock breaks. You can also do conspiracy theories and whatever's trending on the news. Maybe a couple of fun games. And hey, if all else fails, there's always a whiteboard hanging on the wall with our shows on it and other cool things we got going on. Like win a free day with Wake and Bake at RadioCon? Come on! Ah ha ha ha. Hey, those guys are pretty chill once you get to know them. Fauna browsed her social media pages and broke down topics. All my friends on social media are like, is my guy cheating? And of course, those heritage tests. My one friend is like one eighth cat, three fourths squirrel, and she's a meerkat. What? Taking a run with it, girl. Just remember, breaks are no longer than 30 seconds, unless you're dealing with a caller or a game. Then you have about two minutes at max. Hey, did anyone ever tell you about play? Playola or plugola? No taking bribes either. All right, see? You're all good. 
You know the basics, and that's all you really need to know. I don't plan more than one show ahead at a time. But you can prep for however long ahead as you want. You can even pre-record all of your stuff. Just make sure you're in the studio for your shift. Although, you technically don't have to be in there. But you never heard me say that. Any questions? Lemur got up to walk away. No, I think I'm good. But if I think of anything, I won't hesitate to ask. Hey, Liam. Can I ask you something? Sure. What's goody? Two things, I guess. One is kind of heads up, and one is serious talk. Um... I don't know. Give me the heads up first. Okay. Um, you know how my mom got a call in the meeting? Yeah. Okay, well, I didn't call her. I know you didn't call her. You were sitting right next to me and Rocky. If I didn't call her, who would have? I don't know. One of her friends. You're talking about the pregnant thing, right? Oh, my Bugs Bunny, you idiot! I think that call came from Sadie. Wait, you mean Sadie like my Sadie? Like your sister? Yes! Whoa! That, that, that's a big one. Why wouldn't she call me? Or tell me? Or text me? Whoa, Bugs Bunny, how am I going to support us on minimum wage? <gasps> There's not even health care here. The only perks of this job are meeting the celebrities. And that doesn't pay anything. Fauna slaps Lemur across the face. Snap out of it! First off, she didn't tell me either. Which is kind of strange, because we tell each other everything. Like, I know this is a possibility, because you two have. <clears throat> um, second, I still need your help with something. It's about Rocky. Can you stay with me for a second? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Do you think Rocky is mad at me? No. Why would he be mad at you? Did you do something wrong, Fawn? Well, because he was the only one who didn't congratulate me when I got offered the afternoon job. No. Wait. Hell no. Rocky is kind of a weird breed. He's a total loner, but super loyal. Very lazy, but he does find the quickest and easiest way to get the job done. I wouldn't worry about it, Fawn. This time, I'm gonna save you. Oh god, I'm gonna see myself as a kid. Can be heard in the background being screamed from Mr. Penquin's office. We see Mr. Penquin underneath his desk at work, totally zoned out on a mission inside of his mind. If this sounds familiar, it's because it is. We have been teased with these moments and quick visions of other characters' trips. We see a young Penquin hanging out in the living room listening to the radio, which said, It's the Late Night Scout coming up next. Stay tuned for tonight's frightening reading for Morty the Mortician. Penquin popped right up and waddled out into the other room, saying, Mom! scare is about to start with Morty the Mortician. Oh my, I remember listening to him when I was your age. Go ahead, I'll be right in. It's just like these damn humans to release a biological chemical airborne toxin and then quarantine everybody. Most people left Earth, very few stayed. The ones quarantined we believe mutated, but we don't know. I can't say I've seen one myself, but the other half that ignored the quarantine just died. I mean, look at us. My theory is we evolved from it. Well, your theory has upset the scientific community. I'm surprised we don't have death threats coming in because you attacked people's beliefs. But I have proof. It's in the hole in the living room. <laughs> Come on, hurry up everybody, it's starting. The mother penguin was holding Penn's baby sister who was sleeping. His dad waddled into the living room to listen. Hello again, foodies and foodies. <laughs> Tonight's frightening story is not one to be taken lightly. We put on our masks to hide our true selves. But what happens when we become the mask? <laughs> oh, I just love that laugh. It's so infectious. 
Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. This is gonna be a good one. What was that? Probably just the wind knocking over the wind chimes and breaking them again. I'll go check it out. You know, son, this is one of my favorite stories from when I was a kid. A few moments would pass that would feel like a eternity. Where is it? I know it's here. We checked your up. Get out of my house now before I kill you. Shots were fired and Mama Penguin would quickly grab young Pen and take him into the living room. Come on, Pen. Come with me. We're gonna play a little game of hide and go seek, okay? Oh, no, Mom. I wanna hear how the story ends. Not right now, baby. I'm sorry. This is for your own good. She reached down at the floor and grabbed a piece of wood and lifted it up and pulled Pen inside. She quickly covered it up when one of the home invaders, a shark, busted through the door. She waddled forward towards a gun and would even get a few shots off, killing one of the sharks. But the other sharks would emerge. One would bite her and kill her by chewing her up and then spitting her out. The other remaining sharks trashed the house looking for the theory of evolution to destroy it. They would have no such luck though, as it was in the same spot that young Penquin was hiding. He tried to get out of his hiding spot, but couldn't do so. The floorboard above him was too heavy to move. He sat trapped with nothing to do. It was as if the events were fixed and he couldn't change them. Minutes would pass and death would be below. Pen wondered who it was. Had the sharks turned on each other? Did someone come to save him? All this and more raced through his brain. Footsteps could be heard walking right above his head. The fear set in on Pen Quinn. The floorboard would be lifting up, and Pan Quinn would scream in terror as he laid eyes on the giant robot before him. Ah, everything is going to be okay. Young Pen looked around, and he saw his mother, baby sister, and father lying dead on the ground. The attacking shark's dead bodies were spread throughout the house. Pen tried to run up to his mother, but Morty held him back. He picked up Pen and carried him out of the house and into the night. As they were running through the night with a full blood moon in the sky shining on them, the robot introduced himself. Hello, young Pen. My name is Malty, and I'm going to take care of you like your father took care of me. We see images of Pen growing up and Morty taking care of him. For about 15 years, Pen is now 21 and is a young man. I can save you, I know it. I almost have it figured out. I just can't find the blank to put you into. Ben, no, not a record. You want me to put your dying conscience into a record? Hell, you have to let me die. The technology that was keeping me alive was destroyed during the war with all the crazy airborne toxin. But I can't lose you. I'll find a way to save your consciousness, even if I'm gonna put it in a record. Just no kid. I... Now! He hurried up and plugged the machine into Morty. He started what he hoped was the transfer of his soul. As he looked over, there was nothing in the machine to transfer his consciousness to. He ran around the room looking for anything, till he found the old Morty the Mortician record he had bought. He had loved this record. When he listened to it, it was like he was back into his childhood, listening to it with his parents. But he also loved Morty. 
He quickly ran over to the machine and proceeded to record over the record and transfer his friend's consciousness inside. Everything would fade to white and Penguin would come back to reality sitting underneath his desk. Aw, uh, here's hoping I was able to save you this time. He said looking at the record. He got up and stared at a picture of his family. He started crying again. He walked over to his desk and saw he was out of saliva. Distraught, he stood at his desk. He wandered over to the record player to play the album. Meanwhile, back outside Mr. Penguin's office, Lemur sat in his cubicle, while Fauna set up the one next to him. You know, good call on taking the cubicle next to me, Fawn. Rocky's already claimed the cubicle behind me for when he gets hired. We are the cool one. Where's Weak and Beak? You mean you can't smell them? Smells like weed on the other side of your cubicle. Ding, 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 ding. Guess what? You win a prize. Oh boy, what do I win? Leave her tossed toilet paper at Fauna. <laughs> Take your toilet paper and wipe it. As it hit her antlers, it would get tangled. It's common sense on a roll. You dick, you got it tangled in my antlers. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, what do you think of this? It's time to get lost like a deer in the headlights. Afternoons with Fauna. You can totally make that into a sweeper for me since you do all the production. Yeah, I got you. So, serious question time. Are you gonna use a radio name or are you gonna stick with Fauna? Hmm, like what? Hmm, a radio name has to be special. It has to say something about you, but not give too much about you away. How about Little Doe? No, I got it. Little Fawn. It's time to lay down on the lawn with Little Fawn. Ooh, that's total shatter. How loved it. We already have the Women's Hour of Power, but I could do a giveaway like 420 Bong Hit. Like your chance to get a big free pizza from the Honky Tonk if they agree to it. And give away free shirt or CD with it. Whoa, we could totally sneak in a bong and record it as a sound effect. That would be so cool. <laughs> they were both laughing having a good time, when out of nowhere, Fauna's antlers fell off. They landed on the ground in between her and Lemur. Oh my bugs! Ah! Oh! She quickly ran into the ladies' room. Whoa, what in the baby freak just happened here? Oh, Bugs Bunny, I hope I didn't cause it by me throwing toilet paper over at her and it getting tangled in her antlers. Rocky emerged literally out of nowhere. He glanced up at Lemur, who looked really disturbed. He screamed and covered in fear behind Lemur, pointing at Fauna's antlers. What the fuck is that? Is that a trousers knife? Did you shit again on the carpet, Lee? No! Shut up, dude! They're Fauna's antlers! They just like... right off her head and fell right on the ground! So like I was helping her with show prep stuff, promotions, and sweepers, and they just plopped right off her head! At the same time, Mr. Penguin opened up his office door and screamed. I'm coming to save you, Buddy LaFontaine. He ran from his office and straight out the doors into the parking lot. Both Lemur and Rocky jumped in the air as he screamed and ran past them. Neither one was paying any attention to what he was saying. Whoa! Nice! I wish I got to see her antlers fall off. Damn it, now I gotta wait a whole nother year. No, not nice, dude. You see, I threw toilet paper at her joking around, and the toilet paper got tangled in her antlers, and I think that's what made her antlers fall off. No, you're overreacting, Lean. Am I? Am I? You know that call that Karen got while we were in the meeting? No, maybe. I don't know. Wait, this morning? Yeah, 
and the call was about someone being pregnant. Well, strap in and hold on. I think it's Sadie, dude. And on top of that, now I'm freaking out. How am I supposed to support a family being a radio lemur? Don't worry about it, Lee. Just chill. How? Give me a piece of bamboo. Here. And finally, on top of everything else, Fauna's antlers just like right on the ground. And if she can lose her antlers, then maybe I can lose one of the rings on my tail. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Lemur ran away into hiding. <laughs> you idiot. I just ran into Sadie at the store. She's not pregnant. It's April Fool's Day. She's playing a prank on their mom. Lemur, Lemur, where the hell did he go? We see Rocky sitting at his desk. The clock shows an hour had gone by. He gets up and walks over to the ladies' room and knocks on the door. He was holding a box of finger blasts, some fresh lemon leaf candies, and some peanut butter chocolate, Fauna's favorite. Hey, Fauna, it's me, your bird dog in Ruru. Are you in there? Please, Rocky, just go. I don't want to be seen right now. Okay, babe, I totally understand. I, um, see what you did in the cubicles, and I totally took care of it. He threw it in the dumpster. We see a clip of him carrying her antlers out. He picked up her antlers and threw them in the dumpster. I can't believe I touched it. Just so you know, babe, I don't care what you look like. What I care about is how you treat me and how you make me feel. You always make me feel special, and I hope I do the same for you. That's really sweet of you to say. <laughs> but you're just saying that because you have to? Because you're my boyfriend. I'll be here for you whenever you're ready. Now and always. You better not be lying, because I can tell. If you're lying to me, I'm gonna have to beat you up. I swear I'm a holy cow. So it's McGee, babe. And I know you could, too. Fauna emerged from the bathroom, looking like a new woman. Rocky's jaw hit the floor. He didn't think it was possible, but somehow she was even more beautiful. Holy moly cow! You got a little something right here, and you can close your mouth now. Whoa! You look like an enchantress. <gasps> or siren. Oh, I almost forgot. Here you go, babe. Congrats on the new afternoon position, and if you ever need an intern for your show, I'm your coon. Peanut butter, finger blasters, and lemon leaves? Babe, you're the best! She inhaled the candies. So, I saw Sadie at the store earlier when I was grabbing this stuff, and she told me about this hilarious prank that she's pulling on your mom, saying that she's pregnant when she's not. Because it's April Fool's Day, you know. Uh-uh? Yeah, when I first saw your antlers on the ground, I thought it was an April Fool's Day prank. I tried to tell Lemur that Sadie was just pulling a prank on your mom, but he just freaked out! And well, I haven't been able to locate him since. Tonight we should celebrate. Sure, sounds good. What do you have in mind? How about a nice, quiet dinner and a movie at home? Well, I'd be happy to make you dinner tonight, babe. What can you make? Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Deal. <laughs> and then, for dessert, how about I make you a pawn of the little fawn? Fauna walked away, and Rocky thought to himself, But I'm ready to burst now. We see a quick fantasy clip of Rocky saying, <laughs> When I bite into a New York peppermint patty, I get the sensation that I can do anything. I can beat world hunger. Huh, huh, huh. 
I can meet the reptilian space pope. Hello. Nice to meet you. I can even fly up to the moon. Whee! He flies up to the moon and touches it. And boop, the moon. He then returns back to reality. <laughs> oh, man. I wish fantasies were more of a reality and not just a fantasy. If I think it, I should be able to make it happen. Bake walks by Rocky and said, <laughs> You know, I just want to live inside of your head for like one day. I'd better be a real hoot. No, you don't. It's already craziness up in there from all the other voices that keep me company. Bake goes to walk away and then slips in a puddle of pee from Rocky's laughing. Outside in the parking lot, Lemur is grabbing his knees, rocking back and forth inside of a parking spot. It just like fell off. I mean, is it supposed to fall off? Do antlers fall off? She can lose her antlers. Then maybe I can lose one of the rings on my tail. One, two, three, four. Oh my bugs. I think I lost a ring on my tail. Shh. He did. Damn animator. Mr. Penguin pulls up, looks at lemurs, and runs into the building, back into his office. He locks the door and goes underneath the desk and gets himself ready. He looks at the saliva in the purple container. When he opens it, it glows green. The taste is horrible, but he doesn't care. He's on a mission. He takes a huge hit and exhaled it. What do we say to the Reaper? Not today, Grim. It's time to go. Not much changes from the first time. We see a young penguin wanting to enjoy some family time with a radio program. The difference, though, is the details. In the first version, we see everything through penguin's eyes. So we don't get to see how his family or the sharks die. But this time, everything's in third person. As penguin is watching the events as a ghost floating up in the corner of the room. So they wanted my father's theory. He says to himself, he sees his mother reach down and grab the floorboard and lower him inside. She quickly covered it up when two sharks bursted through the door. She quickly waddled towards a gun and fired a few shots, killing one of the sharks. But the other sharks would emerge. One would bite her and chew her up before spitting her out, killing her and Penn's baby sister. Why are you doing this? They are innocent. Your daddy's wrong about our theory of evolution, and his theories must be buried along with the likes of his family. <laughs> the remaining sharks trashed the house looking for the theory of evolution to destroy it. They would have no such luck though, as it was in the same spot that young Penguin was hiding. We see Morty pop through a window and literally come through the crap out of the sharks. One shark fires some bullets and Morty manages to dodge them all. As a shark is running towards Morty, he catches the shark mid-air and throws them against the wall. There are a total of six sharks left. One shoots a bullet that Morty cuts in half and kills two sharks behind him. One shark from the right attacks to stab him, but he dodges out of the way, and so the shark kills the other shark on his left. Morty quickly grabs the one shark that tried to attack him from the right and throws him on the ground, stabbing him through the head. The two sharks left in front of Morty are the easiest to kill. One begins to run away in fear, and the other one fires a barrage of bullets. Morty deflects the bullets towards the one shark running away, killing him. And the final shark firing the Uzi didn't know that Morty had caught a bullet and didn't see what was coming next. Morty took the caught bullet and threw it at the remaining shark, hitting him right between the eyes, killing him instantly. Morty was about to walk away and blow up the building 
but he decided to do a quick scan of the home before he did. His sensors would tell him that there was a child hidden in a secret compartment who was frightened. The child was documented in the National Animal Database as Pen Quinn. He picked up the child and the evolution of animals and fled into the night. Hello, young Pen. My name is Malty, and I'm going to take care of you like your father took care of me. Several months go by, and we see Morty and Pen return to his house. Morty is cleaning up the house so they can live there. Pen remembers some good times and some bad times. His whole life with Morty flashed before his little penguin eyes within seconds, before he's taken back to relive Morty's death. We've got to talk, Pen. <laughs> what is it, my chum? Do you need something? Oh, Pen. I'm dying. I can't reach high. You know I was built by humans, but the technology was your father's that saved me. I was obsolete years ago, but he found a way. If anybody can figure it out, kid, I know you can. Let me try something. Pen jolted him with electricity. Morty screamed. It worked to a degree, but Morty's personality would change. Pen, you have to kill me. Destroy me, son. So I can't fall into the wrong hands. No, I can't do that. I can save you, I know it. I almost have it figured out. I just can't find a blank to put you into. Just talk to a record. You want me to put your dying conscience into a record? You have to let me die. The technology that could keep me alive was destroyed during the war. With the crazy Airborne toxin. I can't lose you. I'll find a way to save your conscience, even if I'm gonna put it into a record. Just know, kid. I into the machine. He started what he hoped would be the transfer of his soul. He looked over and there was nothing that his consciousness was being transferred into. He ran around the room in a panic looking for anything till he found it. A old Morty the Mortician record that he had bought. He loved this record. When he listened to it, it was like being back in his childhood, listening to it with his family. But he also loved Morty. He quickly ran over to the machine and proceeded to record over the record and transfer his friend's consciousness. Penn was watching himself from afar as the whole room started breaking down and started being erased. He glanced over at the machine. It was rising in percentage, but something started pulling him out of his hallucination and back to reality. He started to fight it. He glanced over at the machine and said 59%. He knew he had to leave, but he had to see if his friend's mind would make it into the record. The pull back to reality started to increase. Penn fought even harder. As he got closer to the machine, it said 79%. He was using every fiber in his body to try to get to the machine. He watched himself and Morty disappear. 
He glanced back over at the machine, and the soul exchange was at 99%. As he reached out to grab it, he would be sucked back to reality. He awoke under his desk with the bong tipped over. He was sweaty and out of breath. He could hear a door slam when he returned back to reality, but didn't think anything of it. He got out from underneath his desk and walked over to his hidden vault and opened it. Everything was in there but the record. He scurried around his office looking for it everywhere. He went to the basement and checked down there, but there was nothing as it was all clean. He went back upstairs in a panic. He opened up the door and was looking at the ground and started walking, talking to himself. Where could it be, dammit? Where did I have it last? I don't remember. Oh shit, I'm so sorry. I wasn't paying attention. I lost in my own head. It's all good, bird dog. I fall over easy. I'm kind of like a bullet pin. <laughs> I have like no balance. You wouldn't mind, but I'm a lemur. I should have some type of balance. Maybe you have no equilibrium. You should lie down and roll backwards once to recounter yourself. Alright, that's shatter advice. I'll have to give it a try. Thanks for your help, Mr. Penguin, sir. You can call me Penny if you want. That's my real name. Or Pen works fine, too. Okay, sounds good, Penny. Nah, that don't sound right, dude. Thanks, though. I think I'll stick with Pen. You by any chance haven't seen an old record lying around, have you? It would be labeled Late Night Scare with Morty the Mortician. That actually kind of sounds familiar. I'll keep my eyes peeled. I feel like I've seen it lying around somewhere. Okay, well, if you do find it, don't listen to it. Okay. Curiosity killed the cat. Why is that? Yes, it did, but satisfaction brought him back. Wait, what? You don't want to play it because, oh, I don't know, you could get really scared at the stories told. Maybe cursed. I'll be frank, there's an evil spirit inside of it that needs to be set free, but I haven't quite figured out how yet. But if you could play the record, he curses you. He walked away, trying to think of a solution. What a weird bird. I wonder what it would be like to live inside of his head for a few hours. Wait, hold on a minute. If Curiosity killed the cat, then how could he be brought back to life with the satisfaction? He's already dead. That doesn't make any sense. It sounds like some weird euthanasia shit to me. Rocky and Fauna were across town, sitting in her room. Uh... Squeeze me. That was horrible. It sounded like a baby duck dying. What can I say? You are the queen. She had to be high fun. Fun, fun, bubbly fun, fun, fun. Space buns run, run, run! I think I say it again. And again. <laughs> You duck, I just got that song out of my head. It's no surprise, it's number one on the charts. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Look at what I swiped for us to listen to. I can. Didn't we already do this? And oh yeah, you got scared. Listen, Fauna, I have a confession. Fauna slapped Rocky across the face. How? Oh, what the hell is that for? Your confession. Oh, it really hurt. And you messed up my fluffy right cheek. Sorry if I hit you too hard. I figured you had bad news. Are you okay? Are you crying? No. You just knocked an eyelash out of my eye. Fauna hugged Rocky. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? What's your confession? So, I keep seeing this creepy ghost telling me to play his record. Then, ever since I played it the first time and washed out, I've had like the worst luck, Fawn. I figured it was time for me to raccoon up and listen to this thing from start to finish. Maybe we could stop the curse and release him like he's been telling us. That's what I'm 99% positive it wants. What's the 
I don't know. Maybe help me till I die? Feast on my soul? Torture me? I have no clue. But Fauna, I have to make it stop. And I know that I'm a much more stronger raccoon when I'm with you. So I know we can do it if we do it together. No matter what, we'll listen to it from start to finish. And if you get scared, I'm here. Don't you know I won't let anything happen to my little Ruru? Would have been cooler if you called me Bird Dog. Or Chicken Cha-Cha. But I'll take it though. Sounds nice coming from your mouth. Then again, it is a little weird. It is what my mom calls me. Fauna took the record out and played it on the record player. She got comfy on her bed with Rocky as static hissed away before it started. Morty's ghost emerged from the record player and said, Good scary evening, Gutbusters! It's me, your old pal, Morty the Mortician. <laughs> Hello, Rocky. Fauna? You can't give up easy. Or use all your ambition. But nobody escapes. Morty, the mortician. <laughs> Fauna, you see that thing, right? Yeah, I fucking see it. What the hell is going on? We see Sadie yell and bang on the wall. Stop going at it like rabbits over there. Some of us are trying to sleep in this house. <laughs> Just wait. I've got plenty of tricks up my sleeve. That catchy fun song, being stuck in your head, was me, by the way. You're welcome. You know it was child's play compared to what I have in store for the 13th of Friday. 